this is Amanda Dolan. Welcome to the Mental Society. Um, it's gonna be just a short, something that's been on my mind and I just wanted to talk about it a little. Um, so this last, this last week, um, my daughter was set to go get her learner's permit, um, which is like a little scary that she's gonna be driving. And I also don't quite feel like I'm old enough and mature enough to have a, a child that um, will have a car and be driving. But um, I couldn't find one of the documents that I needed uh, for her. So I ended up digging through everything and I was digging through the safe and through all of my documents. And um, it's like I knew it was there somewhere, but I couldn't find it. And I just kept going through everything. And I landed in a uh, box of kind of random things that my mom had given me a few years ago uh, when she moved. And uh, I hadn't really looked through there. I was like, maybe it got shoved in there at some point, right? And I'm going through things and there's some pictures and a few other things. And, and I ran across a letter that um, was clearly some sort of class assignment um, in eighth grade. And it was, you know, eighth grade, 13 year old Amanda writing a letter to herself when she graduates high school. And that was clearly what it was. Um, and like at the top, it said, you know, edited by Gina and my, my friend Gina had edited it. And like, there was definitely like marks. I'm not um, terrible speller and my punctuation is not always great. So I'm really grateful now for, uh, you know, all those autocorrects and, uh, and help with grammar. But uh then the last page was clearly one that that I had written separate that, that no one else had looked at. Um, it was in different pen. She hadn't um, done any writing on it, um, correcting anything. And the short version of what it was was essentially a suicide note. Um, it was basically, um, hey, if you get this because I've killed myself. It's not your fault. Um, it was a choice that I made. And that was, that was me at 13. Um, and it, I, I mean, I felt sad when I read that. Um, and it's just sad. I mean, like I was on the floor of my office surrounded by these papers with lots of happy memories and pictures but then this like other, um, this other really dark piece of my childhood um, made me really, just really sad that it was there. Um, and, you know, I don't remember for sure, um, but I know that I didn't go see a, my first psychiatrist until about two years after I wrote that. And I don't know if if it was like that no one thought that that was going on with me, if it was kind of a situational, like my father had cancer and my mom was overwhelmed with taking care of him and kids at home and working, you know, there were a lot of things, there were a lot of layers that were happening there. And um, so I don't know if it was a, it got missed I don't know if I didn't tell anyone. I don't know. What I know is that I didn't 
I didn't actually get any like real treatment um, or maybe not real. I got real treatment along the way. I didn't get the treatment to help me feel better long-term until 23 years after I wrote that. Um, and here I am at, you know, 43 now and thinking, man, that was 30 years ago. And still hurts to think of that that Amanda hurting that much that I would write to my family that I was thinking about you know it's very real that like suicide was a very real possibility in my world at 13 um and you know like I don't know what I needed or what would have changed any of that um because I saw psychiatrists over and over again and didn't didn't get a diagnosis that was correct or um and I didn't get the treatment that fixed is the wrong word, but that that healed me. Um and so you know, like I don't know what would have happened and how things would have been different if I had seen a psychiatrist at 13. Um, I think that it's not really like the standard or the norm um, to send, you know, people just don't think like, oh, she was the angsty teen, right? Like, I think that was a lot of it, you know, like I had the the black hair dye and the the eyeliner and, um, you know, the, the solid like 90s line your lips with black. Um, and, you know, it was a little like, I don't know. I don't think emo was like a thing yet. It was like in that alternative grunge, but also just sad. And, you know, I wonder if sometimes that sad kid actually comes across as the shy kid or like the, you know, like wants to be mysterious and, you know, or, or whatever it is. And that we kind of question whether or not that like, there's really like some mental health stuff that needs to be addressed or if it's just like teenagers or kids or whatever. Um, the other thing is like, that was real mental illness. That's, my mental illness has been lifelong. Like it is part of my DNA, I guess, or, or something like there's a reason why, um, my brain doesn't work the way it, you know, was supposed to, if, if you will. I, I don't love that word, but but it doesn't work like in that normal, typical way in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, but I don't know that I even knew that like there was more treatment options, and I don't know that my parents um, knew to go get me a second or a third or a fourth opinion. Um, and I think there are more resources, certainly more information, right? I mean, the internet wasn't a thing, uh, when I wrote that, um, maybe it was, but it certainly wasn't accessible to the general population. And so now like there are more resources out there. We can find those things. Um, heck, I mean, I think that probably like there's some like eight year olds out there that would have a better, um, have a better skill set and and be able to find that more quickly than than I can. But 
I guess like what, you know, one, just because someone's young doesn't mean that it's not a real mental illness. And I think it deserves like some time and, and, um, attention and, and really the inquiry to, is this just an emotional 13 year old or is this a mental illness that, that could be some of the discomfort and the pain would be alleviated with, with treatment. Um, and then that, you know, opens up the whole other conversation of treatment and being available and affordable. That's not where this is, um, where I want this conversation to be, but where I want this, like what I want to leave you all with really is talk about your mental health with, with people, period. Um, make it age appropriate. You know, like when I was first diagnosed with bipolar, my kids were young. Um, and I, I feel like I defined it, like I described it to them. It's like, mommy's brain doesn't work the way, you know, most people's brains do. And, and that's why she's sad. And that's why she has a hard time getting out of bed. And now I'm, you know, I'm seeing a doctor and that doctor is, is giving me medicine that's helping my brain work better. And, and I have some answers. And so that was, you know, age appropriate for them. And so find age appropriate ways of talking about mental health um, with those children in your life or the adults in your life, your loved ones, just everyone. Almost make it uncomfortable. Like make it be like this again. Yes, because when we are mentally healthy as individuals, our society is healthier. We're better able to like make all the things work and um, and also, you know, we're able to give more when we feel good, whether that's mentally or physically. You know, that's the thing is, you know, mental health care is health care. Uh, and it's, we don't have enough providers. So, you know, talk to the people that make decisions and figure out how we can create um the care as in like make sure there's enough providers make sure that those providers are affordable um so many health mental health care providers are not accepting insurance because well they get paid less they've you know it's an additional hassle and expense to bill um i understand the the why you know they don't take insurance um but it makes it that much more difficult for so many people to get the help that they need. And like with that too, like find a resource in your area, whether it's, you know, like here we have MHMR, um, which is a uh, mental health, mental retardation, and it's, um, you know, care for people that can't afford private care. Um, so whether it's that or, you know, even a website like um, the Trevor Project for um, LGBTQ plus youth. Um, there are, you know, there's the suicide prevention hotline, um, which is super easy now. It's 988, like that's it. You just got to know those three numbers and you can text that or call, or you can go to their website, which I believe is 988lifeline.org. I'll put that all in the, the links below um, in, the, in the show notes, but like find a resource that like you can 
give to people. Like when they are struggling, say, you know what? I don't know all the resources. I don't know what's available, but call these people, look at this website, whatever it is, and find more information. And don't be afraid to offer help. And also don't be afraid to talk about how you've struggled in any way, because you know what? Like we've all had those days and weeks and months and some of us years of not feeling a hundred percent with our mental wellness and um, make sure that people know that they're not alone in that and that they know that there's help and, um, and that there's more that like you, you don't have to die at 13 just because your brain chemistry is off. There's help out there and that there's medication and treatment and therapies and all of that to help you feel better. So with that, I just want to thank you all for listening and learning a little bit more about my story um, and how mental health has impacted me. Now, I really want you to go out there and open a conversation and discover all of the ways that mental health is being experienced in your world. Uh, you can find more of The Mental Society either at our website, thementalsociety.com, or um, you can listen to more episodes of the podcast. You can find that on YouTube or all the places that you find your favorite podcast. Please subscribe because then you won't miss out on anything. Um, and... I appreciate the support. And I want to leave you with just that remember that you're not alone in your struggles. There's hope and help all around you. And until next time, this is Amanda Dolan wishing you good health, mental and otherwise.